What's going on, my people? How y'all doing out there? Man, it feels so good to be back with y'all again this week. This is TJ with another episode of The Soapbox, and I'm telling y'all, man, I'm feeling really, really good right now. Everything is rolling. The sun was shining today. This nice 70-degree weather right at the end, the beginning of December. You know, I'm loving it, man. So... We ain't gonna waste no more time on this introduction. We're gonna jump on into this episode. So, y'all sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. All right, man. Everybody, y'all pretty much already know we're already digging deep into this whole deal of emotional intelligence and how we fight our emotional addictions. So, you know, the last couple weeks we were talking about the different quadrants of emotional intelligence. And, you know, we started out talking about self-awareness and then we moved on to self-management. Well, today we're going to move into a major section, the third quadrant, and talk about this in detail, but we're going to actually split this up into two different sections. One section is going to talk about the clinical definition of what social awareness is. And then the other section, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into how this sort of affects exactly where we're going with how stable we are with our emotions and how stable we are and how we function each and every day. Then finally, I'm actually going to introduce you guys to a concept that I developed a while back and it's called the six H's. And it's basically like a category type setup for every individual that you deal with in just about every situation. And I'm going to break it down a little bit deeper when we get to that point. But I promise you, once you kind of get a hold of that, you can kind of see where every individual stands when you're dealing with them on any particular issue that you have. So it's going to be cool. It's a nice little tool to have in your pocket. And I'm going to show it to you, present it to you guys today. And you can kind of, you know, work with it if you choose to. Um, it definitely helps me out a lot when I'm looking around and I'm dealing with people on a daily basis. All right. So let's jump into this thing. So we're in the third quadrant and this is social awareness. Now, the clinical definition of this is our ability to accurately understand the emotions of others and empathize with one of the largest reasons why you deal with so much stress is people. You live in a world that is not conducive to individual advancement. The world you live in right now is a consumer-based environment that is strictly engulfed in ideas of pushing you to want to be materialized, to want you to mimic others. There's a daily attack on your individuality when it comes to the world itself and life in general. But that entire concept is not realistic when it comes down to your day-to-day -day operations. Are we or are we not all different individuals? We all think differently. We all move differently. A lot of us speak differently. There's so much that goes into your actual identity. So 
to begin with, when we talk about social awareness, we have to come to grips with the idea and the understanding that everybody is not like us. We are not all the same. The world was not made of cookie cut individuals that everybody walks and talks and moves and thinks exactly the same. As a matter of fact, our lives are so far from each other that a large portion of the time you're basing a lot of your decisions and a lot of your emotional responses are coming from the world that you've basically lived. A lot of times people are actually speaking from experience and not from thought. And that becomes sort of a natural impulse. You may have had a horrible situation in your life and that has caused you to actually see things a certain way through a certain vantage point. Remember, I've told you guys a couple of times that perspective is everything. You know, how you see life is everything. Well, when it comes down to how you deal with other people, perspective is everything. Your vantage point matters. The optics of a lot of this is dependent on what you have done, what you have lived, what you have experienced. And truth is, most people have experienced different stuff. Now, there may have been situations that we all have shared. Prime example, something very simple is our ability to walk. Every single soul that's walking now has had a chance to learn how to walk. There was a portion in your life where you went through the experience of getting out there on the floor and falling and getting back up and eventually learning how to walk on your own two feet. The problem is, is that none of us went through the exact same process. Even if the process was similar, there were different people involved. There were different moments, different times. There may have been different locations, all kinds of different things that go into that. So it is reasonable to believe that we all had different experiences with that. Now, let's take two different individuals into consideration. Let's say that there was a gentleman who had a mother and a father who had a joyous time teaching him how to walk. They worked with him all the time when he was a baby and there was never any real complications. It was just smooth sailing. And then let's take another individual who couldn't even figure out how to walk until he was four, five, six years down the road. His legs had complications and he only had a single parent that was actually able to dedicate time to helping him. He had to spend time learning and training his body how to move properly because of joint problems or bone problems. So let's fast forward to adulthood with these two individuals. Let's say that the gentleman who had a hard time walking has now learned to appreciate walking because of that experience. And does it all the time, everywhere, even places where he probably doesn't have to walk. He decides to. While this other gentleman, on the other hand, who never had that experience, doesn't know what it feels like to be challenged in that area, kind of takes walking for granted. We could run into all kinds of problems between the two of them if they engaged on the subject of walking simply because they come from two different vantage points. And the truth is, neither one of them is inherently wrong about their stand. It's just that it's different. And that's the problem that we run into so many times. This causes more problems than people actually being wrong. See, most times when a person is actually wrong about something that they're saying, 
or when a person is actually in error about what they're saying, then nine times out of 10, there's facts that can be shown to prove that. There are errors in thought that can be shown. But a lot of times, a lot of the stressors that we run into when it comes down to dealing with people come from the fact that we have not learned how to do what the definition of social awareness actually asks us to do, and that's empathize. We have not learned how to take into consideration that we are not the end all be all. We want to feel like we're the only thought that matters. We're the only one with all of the answers, all of the ideas. And I'm not saying that every person is like that all the time. There are some narcissistic individuals out there in the world who basically feel like the, the sun revolves around them. But what I am saying to you is that all of us, to a certain degree, have narcissistic moments and we get into these modes where we feel like what we're saying is right and what the other person is saying is wrong. What I'm saying to you is that I don't want you to take a position on that subject either way. But what I do want you to understand is that we're different. And just because a person differs in the way that they see something that you're talking about or dealing with doesn't make them a horrible person, nor does it make you the grandiose individual that you might want to believe you are. We just have difference of opinion and our lives are probably the reason why we have this difference. You have to learn how to empathize with individuals. I did a podcast episode a few weeks back on forgiveness, and I was talking about how you have to learn to forgive people for who they are. Well, this is just an extension of that. You cannot start to alienate individuals or ostracize individuals simply because you have a difference of opinion. Now, if a person has a character flaw, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But if a person has a character flaw, if a person has some type of negativity that is a part of them, and if they are viewing a situation in what is clearly a selfish and self-centered motivated position, then by all means, you can do what you have to do and label it what it is. But just because both of you want ice cream and you like chocolate and they like vanilla and now the world is over because they don't like what you like, that's not how things go. And if you really sit back and pay attention to a lot of the situations that you have with other people, I would dare to suggest that 60% of those situations are because of a lack of empathy, not because the other individual is wrong. Let me express to you guys what empathy is not. So empathy is not just automatically agreeing. Let's start there. I'm not telling you that you have to become some type of yes man or yes woman to every situation. That's not what empathy is. That's not understanding, okay? You're just basically complying for the sake of complying at that point. You don't want to ruffle any feathers. You don't want any waves. So you decide to just go along with whatever conversation is happening in front of you. I'm not telling you that. Empathy is just understanding the position that the person is taking. I'm not telling you to agree with it or disagree with it. I'm just saying understand where they're at. Understand that there's probably under 
lined situations and experiences that have caused them to see and think things the way that they do. Once you accept that, then you can take a different route in how you address the situation. But a lot of times, most people take a position before they actually understand why the person is saying what they're saying. Now, another thing that empathy is not, empathy is not handouts, okay? You're not becoming some type of charity person simply because you empathize with this person's situation. By all means, a lot of times, you don't understand the background in the situation. You don't understand why a person feels or acts or says the things that they say. But that doesn't mean that simply because you do begin to understand it, that you have to be somebody who all of a sudden is becoming some kind of charity case to these individuals. You don't have to feel sorry for a single soul. And there is a major thing that people need to understand about that point right there. And that is everybody has problems. Everybody has issues. We are all dealing with situations. There is not a single soul living that is not dealing with difficulties in some area, some way, some shape, some form. As a matter of fact, I'll even go a step further. There isn't anybody who's dealing with the most difficult thing because there's always somebody who's got a rougher situation. I'm not the type of individual to promote people comparing suffering, but at the end of the day, but right now there are some people in the world that are complaining because they didn't get their favorite milkshake from McDonald's while there are children all the way across the world who basically can't even eat every day. They're trying their best to survive. So I just want you to make sure that you are putting your suffering in perspective, but understand that none of that means that anybody deserves handouts. Work for what you want. If you are in a bad situation and I can help you by all means, I'm willing to do so, but I am not in a position to simply give you graces simply because you are in a bind. Sometimes those binds are self-created. And if I give you what you're asking for, then you're just going to take it and turn it into something that's even worse. I have run into so many people when I lived in Maryland, as well as down here, where I've run into individuals who have begged and pled for money and I've given it to them and they've turned around and all they did was continue to funnel into their destructive habits. That's where you have to make sure that you're cautious about how you handle situations. Now, I'm not telling you don't bless people. By all means, if you want to give to somebody, give to them. But make sure that you're not doing that out of a sense of having to hand them something out from being in an empathetic situation. Because that's just not the same. This moves me right into the next part. Empathy is not guilt. See, a lot of times what people want you to do is they want you to feel bad about their situation. I'm going to give you an example. And this is something that I don't think a lot of people understand. So there's a lot of talk throughout the country about social justice, civil rights. And me being an African-American male, I have been involved in these conversations for years. One thing that we have all noticed is we've noticed a lot of sentimental gestures that have been done in different locations by people of other cultures in an attempt to show us 
that they are in solidarity with us when it comes down to our plight. One of the most audacious ones that I have seen so far is there are images online of people of other races basically dressing themselves up as slaves or putting themselves in chains and doing public demonstrations of how bad they feel about the situations that African-Americans have dealt with for years. I think one of the points that many people have tried to prove in that general area is that we don't want you to feel guilty about our situation. We don't want shows of guilt. We want shows of justice. We want demonstrations of equality. We want people to show and demonstrate not that you feel guilty for the things that have happened in the past, because the truth of the matter is you didn't do them. We want you to basically write what's happening now. Now, I'm not trying to turn this into some type of social justice forum. And by all means, I'm not trying to educate anyone listening on the social inequalities of America, because we all know what they are. But what I'm trying to illustrate to you is, is that sometimes people will try to make you feel guilty because of their feelings, because of their position, because of their emotional strain. I don't tell people stories about my hardships because I want them to feel sorry for me. I tell people stories about my hardships so that they can look at where I came from so that they can see where I'm at now and understand that that was a climb and that you can do it too. My stories, my past, the things that I've been through, they are there for inspiration. They are not there for some type of claim to charity. And I think that the vast majority of the African-American population is in the same position. A large portion of the narrative that is spent about many African-American communities is that they simply want handouts. They simply want the world to feel guilty about what happened. And that's truly not the case. What's true is, is that the African-American community just wants equality. They want their chance at equity in a lot of locations that their justice system is beating them down, that the financial system and economic opportunities are not there. So that is different. And I want you to understand if you're listening, that that's not something that you approach any situation where empathy is necessary with either. If somebody has a difference of opinion with you, if you guys are looking at things in two totally different areas, try to come to an understanding of equality, not an understanding of guilt, not trying to push towards an, a situation where one of you feels so bad that they have to be so indebted to the other individual that it just causes them to have to fall down on their knees and, and beg for your forgiveness. No, that's not the case. And that is not empathy. But see, a lot of times we can't have empathy with other people because our emotional addictions get in the way. You see, it's so easy for me not to understand what you're talking about when I'm so addicted to just simply getting mad at you because we differ. It's so easy for me not to take constructive criticism from you Instead, I just ball up into my shell because I feel like every time somebody says anything about me or the stuff that I do, that it just it's an attack on my world. 
See, situations like that are you being a victim of your emotional addictions, not trying to empathize with the individual that's talking to you, not trying to understand what it is that they're saying. They have emotions too. The, the key to social awareness is understanding other people's emotions. They might be demonstrating something to you that you need to key in on at that particular time. Maybe you said something that they didn't like. Maybe you talked about something that they didn't want expressed. Maybe you guys hit a certain button and all of a sudden that puts you both in two separate spectrums. You have to learn how to gauge that and read that. Now, I'm not telling you to be a psychic and nobody that even studies emotional intelligence would tell you that social awareness means you have to know what another person's thinking. Nobody's saying that. But what we are saying is that you have to learn how to read emotions, read the keys, read what's there. I'm going to warn you about something though. There are some people who are extremely well at hiding their emotions. There are some people who have learned how to simply not show you the truth about what they're feeling. And these individuals are going to be hard to read. It's going to be hard for you to actually get some type of social awareness out of an individual who is purposely trying not to show you exactly how they feel. Now, another problem that you're going to run into too, though, is sometimes these same types of individuals are hiding those feelings for the purpose of holding on to them themselves. A lot of times people will have situations where they might be upset about something. And what they have done is they have inadvertently redirected the feelings that they had towards you into themselves. This can be such a toxic existence because then all you're doing is again, finding a new emotional addiction. And that addiction is simply beating yourself up internally. And there are some people that are like that. There are also some people who just simply know how to control their emotions. They're not trying to just blurt out everything that they say or feel or, or whatever the case may be in a situation. So there are some people with some great self-control, but there are also individuals who are simply turning that stuff internal. And you have to be mindful because this can be dangerous for that individual in itself. They can internalize so much hurt, pain, discomfort, and all of a sudden now that becomes stress that they just cannot bear. And sometimes in situations like that, there is absolutely only one way that they can figure out how to stop hurting so much. And that's usually ending in them taking their own life. So we don't want anybody going in that direction. So please be mindful that that is not something that you need to do. So as you communicate with people, I would encourage you start utilizing some active listening skills. Try to learn how to actually listen to what a person is saying and feel where they're coming from before you start basically jumping on your emotional roller coaster and punching them with every punch you can to try to counteract everything that they're saying or how they're feeling. Sometimes there's a lot of details that are missed simply because you didn't take the time to sit there and listen. 
to an individual and really kind of figure out where they're coming from. That matters. And most people that are so addicted to being able to fly off the hinge, just want to be in somebody's face and tell them off. Usually those are the individuals that miss some of the most important information in a general conversation. And later on, you're having to apologize for something that you just simply wouldn't have had to even deal with. Had you just taken the time to be able to understand what the person is saying. All right. So now we're about to cut this layer and move a little deeper into this social awareness realm. Because I want to stress something to you guys now, and I have said it a million times, I will continue to say it, it is absolutely 120% truth. Ladies and gentlemen, community matters. Your circle matters. I cannot stress to you more than anything else in the world, once you have basically tackled the idea of understanding yourself and learning how to push into the next evolution of you, you have got to take some time and assess your circle. Everybody does not mean you well. And even some people who do mean you well are still not well for you. You guys have to understand that you are a product of a lot of things. One is how you think about yourself. Another is what you do on a daily basis. But here's the key right here. A large portion of both of those things are directly related to the people you decide to spend your time with and listen to. And some of the people I would dare say that all of us have inside of our circles in our lives are people that are not good for us. You can guarantee if I took you to any individual who is having a hard time with their life, we can look at their circle. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to have hard times when it comes down to life in general simply because of the people you're around. But what I am saying is, is that when those hard times show up, it pays to have some people that are solid in your corner. Also, I am telling you that a lot of times, many of those hard times are directly related to some of the people that are around you, some of the people that are in your circle. And not to mention this entire idea of this feeding of negativity into your life that is just so toxic to everything that you do. We just had a whole discussion about you being able to empathize with people as you listen to them and deal with them. But if you surround yourself with individuals who fly off the hinge and don't know anything about empathy, when are you going to ever know anything about empathy? If you spend every day listening to talk shows and watching television shows of people who just want to tell it like it is, and the only thing that they can do, the only thing that they can think about when it comes down to dealing with a situation is being the individual with the loudest voice. If that's what you're feeding yourself, guess what you're going to do on a regular basis? If those are the type of people that are in your circle, guess Guess what you're going to do on a regular basis. You're going to be what it is that you feed yourself. That's one of the reasons why I spend so much time feeding myself with positivity, elevation, 
Motivation. I very rarely, if ever, sit down and listen to garbage. I don't go searching for it either. Now, I have my entertainment modes. There are things that I look at, read, and watch for entertainment purposes. But I guarantee you 120% yet again that if you look at the totality of my day, I promise you more than 60 to 70% of my day is me feeding myself positivity, messages of encouragement, motivation, listening to motivational speakers, looking at YouTube, TED Talks, educating myself, getting myself to elevate in both thought, mind, the whole nine yards. That's what I funnel into myself. So with me saying that, I'm also stressing to you that my circle is extremely small because I can't afford to have a bunch of people around me that are negative. I can't afford to have that type of energy feeding into me because I'm trying to do something. I have goals that I'm trying to accomplish and you do too. So you don't have time for somebody to be with you every day and all they do is complain. All they do is gripe and moan about what they don't have. All they do is talk trash about other individuals. And that is what saturates your day. That is what saturates your phone calls, your text messages, your Facebook conversations. That stuff is so toxic and it doesn't lead to any type of prospering for yourself. Look around you. Think about some of the individuals that engage in this kind of activity. Look at how sour they are. Look at how disappointing their lives are. Even when you have stuff, they could have money, but they're depressed. They could have cars, but they're so caught up in what they don't have that they don't even feel like they've accomplished anything. You can't be one of these people and you can't continue to saturate yourself with these type of people. Maybe can't is too strong of a word. So I'll put it to you like this. You can't decide to have those types of people around you on a regular basis if you want to become progressive, if you want to grow. If you're content with where you are, if you're content with your situation, then you can pretty much have anybody around you that you want that's got you pretty much where you need to be. You can basically live and engage at any level you choose to if you don't care anything about where you're going. But if that's the case, then stop complaining about it. Stop talking about how you want things to be different. Stop talking about how you wish you had a better life, how you wish you had better income, how you wish you had better friends. Stop talking about all of that. Stop complaining about it if you're not willing to do what it takes to change it. And one of the things that it's going to take to change it is changing the people that you engage with. I was listening to Les Brown this morning and he was talking about the fact that if you spend time with dummies, eventually you will be one. That is just one of the most truest statements ever made. You cannot lay down with dogs that have fleas and expect not to get them. It just doesn't work. So you've got to make sure that you are cultivating your circle. Let's dig into this emotional addiction again, though, because there's some of y'all that actually have no problem with assessing your social circle. You don't have any issues with the individuals at all. As a matter of fact, you know exactly who they are and how they act, but you don't want them to go anywhere because they continue to feed your emotional addiction. I remember there was a young lady that was a good friend of mine back when I was 
uh, very much younger than I am now. And she was actually a part of a little small record label that me and some friends of mine had put together. This young lady bounced around from guy to guy to guy. Every situation, every relationship, all she did was yell and scream and they would fight and everything. And that's how she operated. We had a conversation one time and I was too young to truly understand back then what I understand now. But now that I am able to assess what was going on in her social realm, she loved it. She absolutely enjoyed it. It was a part of her emotional addiction that every situation that she got into was going to be her arguing with some guy, them fighting. She thought that was the norm. That's what people do. You can mess around and start to develop your circle so that it feeds your addiction. And that's not healthy because you shouldn't be addicted to those negative emotions. So instead of cultivating your circle with people that feed your addictions, not the negative ones, especially start to cultivate your circle with individuals that feed your positive emotions that build you up, that help support you, not individuals that you're going to have to argue with or deal with their negativities on a regular basis. That's not what you want. I promise you, man, if I called you every single day and every single day, all you wanted to talk to me about was a problem. I'm not going to call you anymore. We're not having phone conversations because I don't want to hear that. Now, granted, if you've got a real situation and you need my help, you need a shoulder, the whole nine yards, I'm there. But you shouldn't need a shoulder every day. You shouldn't need a shoulder twice a day, three times a day. Every time I communicate with you, your world is ending, then you got some serious problems. You don't even need to be on the phone with me anyway. You need to be figuring out how to fix that because that is a lot for you to have to deal with in one time. I'm just saying to you guys that there are some people who don't have a problem assessing the people around them. They know exactly who the people are in their circle and they want them there because they continue to feed those emotional addictions that they already have. So now I am not under the illusion though, that you're going to be able to just trim away the fat everywhere. And what I mean by that is, is that we have some difficult situations that you're just going to have to learn how to deal with. And I'm going to talk a little bit further into this next week when we talk about relationship management. Sometimes you're not in a situation where it is so easy to get away from the negative element. For instance, one of the worst situations that you can find yourself in is having parents that are negative. Parents that are beating you up, that are not encouraging you, that are not talking to you, that are not giving you a push forward. That is a situation that until you get a certain age, you really can't walk away from. So I understand that that can be a very, very difficult situation to deal with. And it's not as simple as just saying, cut it off. Another one is family members. You can have family members, brothers, sisters, uncles, individuals that are extremely negative and toxic to your entire stability. I'm not necessarily saying that they have the same level of responsibility that the parents have, but those individuals can be hard to get away from too. You know, that, that type of element could be introduced to you every single day. So it is vital that you assess it. You arrive to a conclusion that you understand what it is and then begin to map out some type of way to get away from that. The next two are difficult 
not unescapable, but very difficult nonetheless. Your spouse being negative can be very difficult, especially when you have decided that you are going to connect with this individual on multiple levels. Now we're talking finances. There could be children involved, the whole nine yards. So you have to think about those types of situations and that can become a very, very horrible existence. If you're having to deal with this type of toxicity on a day-to-day basis and don't know what to do about it. And then finally, you could run into a situation where you have a boss, you have an employer who is extremely negative and you're dealing with this individual every day. Now, of course, I know there are people out there right now who are saying to themselves, well, I could just leave, you know, on both accounts. I know that there's somebody listening right now. And the first thing that came to their mind when I said spouse or boss, they said, well, I would just leave. Well, congratulations. I'm glad that you came up with that decision that fast. However, there are a lot of people in the world who can't just do that. There are a lot of people in the world who can't just leave their job. They're in situations where if they're dealing with a horrible, horrible, horrible boss, somebody who's treating them like trash, they might have legal ramifications if they leave their job. Their whole family's livelihood may hinge on the job that they're at. There are all kinds of different situations that could be coming into play with that. And you can't just judge an individual based off of the fact that they did not do what you thought you would do. Again, that reverts all the way back to what we said at the beginning of the conversation. You have to empathize with this situation. There may be a reason this person is not leaving this job. It might not be as simple as what you think. And it goes the same way with a spouse. You have to understand that you don't know the details of an individual's life. So you can't sit back and assume that you have the right answer until you are presented with all of the facts. Once you start to take that type of position in situations, I promise you, you'll deal with people a lot better because you won't start to make these preconceived notions of what their life should be like based off of yours. Okay, so now, finally, I'm going to talk to you guys about the six H's. Now, this is a concept that I came up with about, I want to say about a year ago, year or two ago, maybe two years. And what it is, is a filter. And what it does is it gives you six categories. And each category is a individual. And this can be applied to any situation that you deal with. It doesn't matter if it's a conversation, if it's a project, if it's an individual in a, in a whole, you can really apply the six H's to just about anything. And you can find situations where the same person could be an H in one situation or then a different H in another. You can also find situations where sometimes it's a little bit of a blend. So I want to break them down and I want you to just kind of see if you can apply these H's to individuals in your lives as I'm describing them. Now, again, like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be the person in totality. It could also be situations where this person acted like this, or it could actually be somebody who is this type of individual. So it works either way. Okay. So now there are three different positive H's and there's three different negative H's. So I'm going to start with the negative ones first, and then I'm going to end with the positive ones so we can end on a positive note. So the first H in the negative category 
is what I call haters. You're going to run into haters your whole life. There are individuals right now that are hating you simply because you are you. There are individuals that are going to hate you for everything in the world and don't know a single thing about you. There are decisions that you're going to make and people are going to hate you for those. There are decisions you're not going to make and people are going to hate you for that. There are people that hate me right now because I am making this podcast episode. There are people that are hating you right now for listening to it. There are people right now that are hating themselves because they haven't decided to do something with their lives simply because we're doing something with ours. You are going to run into haters everywhere. And this is sort of the surface level of this negative H because a lot of times your haters graduate to other levels of an H. But normally, these are individuals who just simply do not like you. They don't like what you're doing. And it might not even be you. This could very well be somebody that just doesn't like something that you did. So ultimately, they have for the moment become a hater. The second H is a hinderer. Different from a hater, a hinderer is actually willing to do something. See, a lot of times you got haters, but all they're willing to do is talk. But somebody that's willing to actually take action, now that's dangerous because they're willing to do something to you or against you to ensure that you don't prosper. Now, I don't want you to be of any illusion. There are hinderers in your life. There are individuals that you know right now. There are individuals that you have dealt with on a regular basis and they have attempted to hinder you from achieving. You may not know it. You may not actually be privy to the understanding of what they did or if they did anything at all, but make no mistake about it. There ain't a single soul that's listening to this podcast. There isn't a single soul alive that doesn't have hinderers in their life. So you need to be mindful of that because you're going to run into that on a regular basis and you may or may not know who they are or what they're doing, but they are there and they mean you no good whatsoever. Now, the third one is the most dangerous one, and that is the hypocrite. You see, there are people right now in your life that are smiling in your face and mean you no good at all. They will sit down with you. They will laugh with you, joke with you. They will buy you food. They will share with you, break bread, the whole nine yards. But in the background, they are working against you. This is somebody who's talking out of both sides of their mouths, and they only care about one thing, and that's themselves. They don't want to help you. And again, like I said, this can be in one situation or this can be a total person. But I guarantee you right now that you have hypocrites in your life. There are individuals right there that are trying their very best to make you feel like they're on your team. They're on your side. But when you turn your back, they're throwing darts. They're stabbing you with knives. They're doing all kinds of stuff to destroy you. And then when you turn back around, the smile is back. Those are individuals that you need to watch out for because they are there. And I'm going to tell you something that I have been told my whole entire life. When a person shows you who they are, believe them. People's characters carry and they are hard to change. So if you know somebody who's a liar, 
and they've been a liar for years. I'm not saying they can't change, but nine times out of 10, they're still the same. And until they prove to you otherwise, I would suggest that you empathize with their situation, but you draw your distance because sometimes people are not doing anything to help you and all they're doing is working against you. All right, so now let's move to the positive H's, okay? The first positive H is the hoper. Now, there are some people out there who don't really know you. They don't know your story really well. They don't know what all you got going on, but they're actually genuinely hoping that you do okay. They don't want you to fail. They have no vested interest in you doing bad. They actually really do want you to do all right. And I guarantee you that you have people like this in your life. They don't have any real deep ties into whatever it is that you're doing. But the fact that you're doing okay, they really like that. And those are individuals that are good to have in your circle. Individuals that really, no matter what goes on, they genuinely hope that you come out on top. And I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people in circles in this area that are like that. So I would imagine that you have those individuals with you and they are by far a very positive part of your life. Now, the second H is the helper. There are people who won't just hope. There are people who have actually decided to take that second step and get physical with this thing. They like what they hear you saying. They like the idea that you've presented and they want to be a part of making sure that you achieve that. So they decide to help you out. There are situations that I'm sure you've been in on a regular basis where people have come in and stepped in and actually done their part to try to make sure that you come out successful. That matters because it's really hard in today's world to find genuine people that want to help assist you in doing things because so many people are engulfed in their own situations. So when you actually run into somebody who's willing to take the time and the effort to step in on a situation that you've got going on or a project or something like that and actually help you out, that's a big deal. And those are not individuals that you should take lightly. Your circle should definitely include individuals who are helpers. And then the last H and probably the most important H is the healer because all of us are going to fall. Every single one of us is going to have a low point in life. We're going to have situations where we're down, where we need somebody to help us get up. We need somebody to fill the gap that has been created from some type of major blow in our life. Ladies and gentlemen, I have had multiple situations where I've needed somebody to come in and really grab me by the hand and help heal me from a situation. You have those individuals. You may not have a lot of them. There may be only one or two, but those are precious individuals to have. And in all actuality, it's good to be that. Everybody can't, but it's good to be that type of individual that can step in and help people overcome. That's something that is precious in this world. And I'm sure that if you have a circle, those are the type of individuals that you want in there cultivating the circle. You want people lifting everybody up. Imagine if you could surround yourself with individuals who were definitely dedicated and making sure that whenever you landed face first on the ground, that they run over and flip you over and pull you up and stand you straight and get you back on track. 
those are good individuals. And, you know, sometimes we run those people away because sometimes we don't want to accept the fact that what we did was wrong and that these individuals are just trying to get us right. Sometimes we don't want to stop and check our egos because these individuals are telling us something to try to help us heal. And instead, we just want to fight against it. But these are good people. These are strong people. And these are the type of individuals that you need to saturate your life with. The sad part about this situation is any one of us can be any one of those six H's at any time. You need to be mindful that you're not being any of the negative ones and you need to really really gauge on what level of the positive ones that you are able to contribute in i don't want to tell you that you're going to always be at the highest level of the positive area and i don't want to tell you that you're going to always be away from the negative ones but what i will say to you is this if you would assess yourself and your social environment i promise you that you'll be able to move to a new level of understanding on how you deal with people and how you engage individuals on a regular basis. All right, guys. Well, that's all I got for you this week. I know that was a little long, but this subject matter is kind of big. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about the fourth and final quadrant, which is relationship management. And we're going to talk about what we do with all this information that we've just picked up about assessing people in our, our environment. But I hope you guys have a great, great week. Hold it down. Keep your head up. And remember, I love you. Peace.